This is B-Hoop Travels, the podcast. Greetings and good morning from a very beautiful and sunny Boston, Massachusetts. That's where I'm at. I'm here in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, in Copley Square, in the Copley Square section, which is really central Boston. I'm here today hanging out with my wife. My wife is working at uh, over at Harvard, Harvard Medical School. So she's there today, and I believe she's there tomorrow, but she's got some work to do. Uh, my wife works as an epidemiologist, so she's out there doing really important work, making people's lives better, dedicated to doing uh, really uh, epidemiology. I didn't explain that part. is actually the study of disease. So she's doing the kind of research for cancer I think she's doing on this particular protocol, uh, the kind of study that's going to make everybody's lives better, that's going to prolong people who are dealing with cancer. Uh, she's doing all kinds of amazing things um, with research for cancer and a whole host of other diseases. So shout out to my wife for all the dope stuff that she did. I just walked her downstairs. So she is probably at Harvard now, but uh, she got in a lift or an Uber or some sort of ride chair. Uh, but she should be at work now. So she'll be there for the majority of the, well, all of the morning and the majority of the afternoon. Uh, well, I get to do whatever I want to. <laughs> so I have an entire day to myself, which doesn't happen that often, uh, which is which is really dope. So I'm going to take full advantage of knocking out a lot of the things that I want to do that I ordinarily don't have time for, uh, which is, well, I, I, you know, I am going to go out and explore Boston because I've been to Boston once and I didn't really have time to do anything. It was in February, so nobody's trying to like hike around Boston in in february when it's so when it's so cold but uh but anyway you know i don't get a lot of time to sort of to do things sort of leisurely so i'm going to uh to bask in this moment and like i said spend time doing stuff that i want to do but 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 the whole podcast thing um this isn't a whim i don't want to give the idea that i'm just doing it whenever you know there's just time for me to do stuff. No, this is a commitment. So I'm putting myself on a schedule because this is a passion project. And I have put this podcast off for entirely too long. Um, this is something that I've been saying I was going to do for a while. And it was a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to myself and I said, you know, self, self, when when are you going to get serious about doing the things that you're passionate about doing? These things that make you feel good. These things that uh, allow you to be expressive. These things that talk about the things that you love and that you know. Uh, which one of which is travel? When are you when are you going to make this happen? So I made a commitment that I would not let this month go by without recording a podcast, and and that's what I'm doing. So I am living up to the commitment that I made to myself, and. The commitment that I'm making to people that are going to follow me, I'm going to continue to put out uh, really dope podcasts that are informative and, and thoughtful and thought provoking and hopefully humorous. Hopefully you're going to think I'm funny. Uh, I think I'm funny. <laughs> but the most important thing is I want to create the kind of content that inspires people. You heard me inspires you. I want people to feel inspired. And I want people to feel the same way that I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want people to feel the same way I that I do when I go out into the world. And when I say world, I even mean the place that I live in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia. When you go to places that you live, you go out and you have an adventure. You experience something new. You, you, you do something that you haven't done before, which is really what growth is, people. That's growth. Not doing the same stuff that you do all the time. Doing something different. 
growing. And there's such a reward in that. And there's such a there's such a high that you get from having uh, those those new kind of experiences. And I've been addicted to that for quite some time, um, for as long as I can think of. That's something that I've always uh, desired. And it's been, quite frankly, innate uh, in me uh, for as long as I can think. So but I want you to feel inspired. So so when you when you hear a podcast, you know, you might think about the various ways that you can go out and have your own adventure. And that means something different for everybody. Um, but also, hopefully, through the podcast and the blog, which I know is a little dormant right now, but I'm a rever up. I'm gonna get a revved up. But, <clears throat> you know, we can help work through a lot of hang ups that people have about going out and in having adventure and doing something new uh, and just sort of helping people sort of shift their mentality so that they can because I think everybody wants to have fun everybody wants to have an adventure we talk ourselves out of it all the time we 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 have all these weird hang-ups about why we won't do something or why we won't go someplace no I want people to to free their minds to rid their minds of these things that are holding them back there's so many people I know that are doing the same thing all the time. And that's fine. You know, do the things that you enjoy. But sometimes you need to have a new experience. You need to, it's almost kind of like challenging yourself. And I think that might be the thing that's off-putting to people. You know, they don't equate, you know, a vacation with, and I use the word vacation sort of like in a general way. Um, people don't want to, associate their vacation with having to sort of challenge themselves in any way. Um, but if you listen to me, you'll understand why you're going to want to sort of challenging yourself, excuse me, to challenge yourself. I don't know if I said that correctly. I'm talking kind of quickly. I'm a little bit nervous because this is the first podcast, but, uh, I'm gonna make sure all the words come out correctly. (laughs) I'm gonna make sure that my grammar's on point. I'm I'm gonna do my very, very best to make sure that I don't sound crazy, but yeah, I want people to be inspired and I want to help people work through all the things that are holding them back. But the the other thing, too, about travel uh, that I want to hit on, because this is kind of like, you know, the introductory podcast. And I'm explaining what this podcast is about and who I am and what I stand for. And, and what I can do for my followers. Like, this is not really so much about me. This is about the community that I hope this podcast will create. But the other thing that I want people to hear and I want people to, to take away is, and it's it sort of overlaps with what I just said, but it's talking about the liberation that I feel. It's sort of having adventure is sort of a liberation and, and adventure. I'm inter, you'll see that I'm using the word vacation and adventure sort of interchangeably. Um, which might be a bit confusing, but I think over time you'll start to understand what it is that I actually mean. But what I'm telling you is that I want people to feel liberated because if you stay in that same space all the time, because the spaces that we occupy can be stressful, they can be pressure cookers, they can be toxic, they can be, you know, there are spaces and we have to work through whatever we have to work through to make those spaces better. But sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you need to put your eyes on something else. You need to breathe the air someplace else. You need to get away from all of that. You need to have a mental shift from all of those things in your space that that could be eating you alive. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about, you know, because life is not easy. I don't think we talk honestly enough about how difficult life can be, how 
<clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, uh, how sad life can actually be. And we owe it to ourselves to remove ourselves from, from those kind of spaces. And that's what going and, and traveling uh, is one of the mental benefits, I believe, that traveling can offer. And, and, and that's what I really want people to hear. Because I think, I think you'll be better off uh, listening to what we talk about on this podcast. And I think it can really help people in a very significant, impactful way. I know, I know that sounds, that might sound like I'm trying to sell some tickets to something that uh, you might not be interested in buying or that just doesn't make sense or it sounds a little too, a little too spiritual, but no, but just, just trust me when I say this, like there's, there's, there's so many benefits in, 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 in travel and, and liberating is one. And, and, you know, and let me just share the various ways that, uh, travel has liberated me. Now, the past four years have been difficult for me. There've been some beautiful parts of it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I got married. I met, I met my wife, got married and we have a life together and it's been an amazing ride. It's been an amazing ride and it it makes everything worth all the the difficult stuff that I've had to endure. It makes it worthwhile. Uh, But I lost my mother which was uh, the most difficult thing I've ever dealt with. And it's been almost four years and I'm still grieving. I'm still grieving. There are parts, there are times where I feel like it just happened. Uh, there are times where you feel like, you know, you're okay. And there are times you feel like it just happened yesterday and, and you're missing her. And there are these moments where you miss her and uh, you have this really deep longing for, 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 uh, for her. So it's, 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 it's hard. But that's been something that with, I've been thrusting into a caretaker role, which shout out to all the caretakers. Shout out to you. We are some unsung heroes. It is a difficult job. I had no idea how difficult being a caretaker is. And my dad's health, um, he's fragile. I'll put it that way uh, without oversharing too much about his health. But his health, uh, you know, it's not it's not good. And we've had to make some difficult decisions about his caretaking and I've had to make some really personal sacrifices uh, about <clears throat> with regard to his caretaking it's just not easy it's not it's a difficult space to navigate and you know for all my sisters and brothers that are, are, are dealing with caretaker you know I, I stand beside you in solidarity because it it, 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 it is hard it is very, very, very hard. But anyway, I had all that on my plate. And if I didn't have a way to liberate myself from all of that, I'm not sure what my mental health would look like. I don't know how well I would be upstairs. I don't know how well anybody would be if that's all that they were dealing with all the time if they didn't have a way from liberating themselves and you know and sometimes like when people are in pain or they're having a difficulty they'll do things that are self-destructive you know we know people that have turned to drugs or alcohol or um, a lot of self-destructive behavior um, as a way to sort of liberate themselves from that but for me I've used 
travel as a way to liberate myself. And the high, the traveler's high that I talk about has been a way uh, for me to combat all of the the things that I'm dealing with, all of the, the complexities that I have going on in my life. The traveler's high has just really being able to experience that traveler's high, being able to have an adventure, being able to feel the way that I, I spoke about a few moments ago, uh, the, the, the way that I want to inspire folks. Having that feeling has been the, the, the way that I've combated all the pain that I've had to deal with. Um, specifically, I remember, and I wrote it, I have an article, I have a blog post about the way that uh, travel has liberated me. But there's this one particular situation that I want to share is uh, my mom essentially was on her deathbed. This was in October 2015. Uh, She passed away in November of 2015, right before Thanksgiving. And I had this trip that I had planned way before she even, you know, started the this this journey. She was hospitalized for about nine months and it everything just went awry. That's just a simple way to put it uh, without oversharing again. <laughs> but she was in she was in several hospitals for nine months and, you know, it was a roller coaster and it was time for this trip that I had planned and I wasn't sure I was going to go, you know, and this was a trip to Italy and Spain and these trips cost a significant amount of money and you always don't get money refunded and you know I was thinking about you know well do I go on a trip or do I you know potentially lose this money or what do I do and and I was torn because I was afraid I didn't want to go to Europe with this Sort of lingering in my mind, my mom's, because I was her chief advocate. You know, I was caretaking for her at that time uh, while she was in the hospital doing, you know, just being there, more of a psychological, emotional sort of caretaking um, because she was meeting a lot of her physical sort of needs were being met by the staff of the hospital or rehab centers or wherever she was. But I couldn't think of leaving my mother, going to Europe and something happening uh, something happening to her and you know me not being able to get back to the United States fast enough I was like I don't I don't want that that's the last thing I want to happen and I felt like even if I went I ruined my trip because I would just be constantly worried about her health and constantly worried that you know someone was going to call me with some bad news I just didn't think going on the trip would be a good idea and it was just best for me to stay home and and deal with this so my mom asked me about the trip and I said I don't know mama I don't think I'm gonna go and she looked at me and she said why and she was on like I think she might have been on some sort of respirator at the time you know and she says, why? And I said, well, you're here. <clears throat> and I can't go there while you're here dealing with this. And she said, you need to go on this trip. You deserve to go on this trip. And I said, mama, what? 
you deserve to go on this trip. I said, but you're sick. You're sick and all this is happening and I couldn't possibly do that. She said, I want you to go on this trip, Brian. You deserve to go on this trip. I'm going to be okay. When, when you come back from Europe, I'll be here. Don't worry about me. My mom was a d- uh, deeply spiritual person, religious person. Uh, she didn't go to church all the time and she wasn't sort of religious quite in the way that we speak about people when we say they're religious. But she said, you go on this trip. So in that moment, my mom liberated me. Right? So in a way that I can't explain because sure, it didn't change. Those words didn't change her prognosis or any of that. But the fact that she gave me her blessing and told me she was going to be okay made it feel a lot less difficult to leave. So in that moment, my mama liberated me. She said, go ahead, baby. I want you to go and I want you to enjoy yourself. I'm going to be okay. God's going to take, take care of me. We have to have faith. So I went. And I remember the day before I went, I went to the hospital and uh, I sat with her and one of her friends was there and we, I was able to take her outside that day actually. We wheeled her outside and uh, she was in a wheelchair and we sat there and I just cried and cried because there still was a part of me that wasn't sure that I was doing the right thing by going and uh, I responded emotionally to, to that idea and you know she reassured me that I'd be okay and I kissed her and I hugged her and uh, told her I loved her and I left the hospital that day and uh, I didn't really look back uh, she had given me <clears throat> I guess the, the strength and the courage and reminded me to tap into my own faith you know we all have our own sort of personal theologies that we practice and uh, I believe in, in, in the idea of faith and I had faith that you know it, she sort of reawoke uh, uh, the, the faith that I had inside of me and I realized that you know she was right I was going to be okay so I left I went on to Europe and I had an amazing time amazing time I didn't worry about her because I had I had I had faith and she gave me her blessing and I went to France I mean sorry I went to Italy and I went to Spain and I, I had an amazing two weeks and I came back and my mom was still there and this is when she started to take a turn for the worse though uh, things got a lot more complicated when I got back but the whole trip liberated me. I had an amazing time. I got to shed layers and layers of sort of the, the pain and the trauma that I had <clears throat> acquired during her, her journey. Um, I got to recharge. I got to meditate. I got to pray. I got to really get in tune with my spirituality while I was gone. Uh, I got drunk sometimes. (laughs) 
I, I, I cried sometimes, but it was so important for me to, to feel, to, to experience that liberation, um, because it, it really recharged me in a lot of ways. It strengthened me and allowed me to breathe. And it allowed me to feel, and it's going to sound, might sound a bit hyperbolic, but it meant I started to feel like life was worth living again. I got to see how beautiful life was, having this kind of adventure. And, and that is the way that travel liberated me. And I, I know it liberates other people. And even with, you know, my dad's health stuff, I've been able to get away. These getaways, I've had something to look forward to. And I, I, I go, I leave, you know, like I've, he's in a nursing home now and he's had some challenges up until yesterday or up until a couple of days ago. And uh, again, I had to practice that faith. I had to practice, which is part of the, the, the act of learning how to liberate yourself. And I, I've, I've, I've liberated myself from that, that, that circumstance where uh, I, I'm sort of concerned and worried about him and dealing with all of the stuff that I have to deal with with regard to his, to his health, you know, I've, I'm actually practicing that liberation as we speak while I'm here in Boston because I'm away from it all. And, and it's not easy. Uh, it does require some faith, but, but like I said, faith is part of this recipe of liberation that I speak from. And right now I feel free. I feel free from all those things. Now I'm going to have to go back home and I won't feel that freedom and that's okay. Because that's my life. And, and I, that's, that's, those are the cards that have been dealt to me. And, you know, I have faith and courage and belief that, uh, you know, everything will go the way that it's supposed to go. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. But, but I do, we all do, we all need a break. We all need to feel liberated. And, and that is the way that travel has liberated me. So the first topic, hold on, let me, I got an email here. I got an email here. Um, Okay, sorry, I had to answer that email, sorry. Uh, But the first topic that I have here on, on my outline here. Um, and it's touched, we've kind of, I've just been speaking off the dome here. Um, hasn't really been a structured part of the podcast, but the, the first thing I really want to talk about is, you know, this idea of adventure and how it doesn't really matter where you're going. You can have an adventure anywhere. In your hometown, a lot of us, most of us, live either in a big city or close to a big city. And big cities are full of culture. Every city has a story. There's something that you can learn and experience in your city that you haven't done before. And, And again... I want to encourage people to think about that. Think about what I'm saying. You don't really have to go anywhere. Now, it's nice because not a, not a lot of time we don't have money or the time to be able to go to Africa or Europe or, <clears throat> excuse me, 
or to wherever outside the country, but you can, you can go 20 minutes to the, you know, go have some, some pho at a Vietnamese restaurant in the, you know, the Vietnamese part of town, or you can go and, and, and catch that foreign movie about whatever, <laughs> um, at the film festival, um, you can go to the whole host of cultural events that probably happen in your town that you haven't even thought about because you haven't researched it, right? But th- it's happening. It's happening. Or there are all kind of plays that come into your town that are, you know, they might be from Broadway, but they're doing like a North American tour. These things are happening all around you. And sometimes we, we don't think about it that way. And, and that's, that's the way that you start to have these adventures. Where you live is full of adventures, full of opportunities to have an adventure. And, and the other thing that I want to say, you know, about folks that are like, uh, you know, I'll just keep doing the same stuff that I'm doing because I don't have the money to go abroad or, you know, I can't go anywhere else. And, and my retort to that is that travel is more accessible than you think, right? The, the idea of traveling to a, a different city, because we, we live in an era and a time where travel is not as expensive as it used to. Because back in the day, travel was really for rich people. If you look at these movies from like the 1960s, people were dressed down. People would be dressed down in, in their very best. Um, they could smoke on planes too, which is crazy to me. But people would be dressed up and it was often very wealthy, sort of well-to-do people. And tickets would cost a lot of money to go places. We don't really live in an era where tickets are that expensive because they're, they're great deals that abound. We have low-cost low fare carriers that take you all over the country and and in some instances they'll even the american based ones will take you to different places around the world and in various countries they have their versions of low cost low fare places <clears throat> excuse me so so yeah there's really not a reason for you not to go someplace if you really want to go someplace don't let this it's too expensive thing get in the way you know it it, there's there there are ways there are tools that you could use such as like your google flights um which i love google flights i like the way that it lets it takes all the guesswork well I, i like the way it's set up there are other websites that do the same thing but essentially with Google Flights, you know, you put in where you want to go. It has a calendar for the rest of the year and it tells you the cheapest airfare available for the place that you want to go. And it's it's simple. I've used it a ton of times. They even have the notifications. I don't know if I don't know if you know about this. I know some people, some of you might. This might be something that you've already heard, but you can tell Google Flights, there's some other websites to do it too, where it'll give you a notification when a ticket to a particular destination reaches the amount that you're willing to pay. So if you're like, look, I got $300 I'm trying to spend on this trip to 
LA, let's say. That's all I want to spend. So whenever the system through its algorithms or however it however <laughs> it finds prices for things, it will find if if let's say Delta's having a sale from your city and it's two ninety eight, well it'll send you a notification. It'll say, Brian, that ticket that that ticket that you want to go to LA, well I found one that's available for two ninety eight. Now you better act now. <laughs> you bet that's that's the caveat. Like you have to act quickly because these <clears throat> these tickets tend to go fast. But that I've I've you know in fact I'm trying to think the last time I used it. Uh, I I did one for Mexico City. I was really interested in going to Mexico City. Didn't want to spend six hundred dollars on a ticket. I said I got about two fifty. I'll spend on a ticket to Mexico City. And lo and behold, on my way to getting a airport a haircut one day. I got a notification saying that American Airlines was having a sale and they found me a ticket that I think was like $215 round trip from Atlanta to Mexico City. So again, use use all of these resources. There are a multitude of resources that will aid you in finding really affordable travel options. There's just not an excuse again to there's not there's no excuse for you not to go to the places that you want to go because of costs because I promise you that at some point or another you will be able to find a spectacular deal that you could likely afford. Now, another resource, online resource, I go to Secret Flying, secretflying.com and Airfare Spot. Those are two good ones. They also uh kind of do the same thing that Google Flights can do. Google Flights doesn't sort of publicly notify people about the different deals that they find. You kind of have to go to Google Flights and it'll tell you. But Secret Secret Flying and Airspot.com are daily sending out notifications about really great deals. Like I saw an amazing deal yesterday. It was from New York to Barcelona or Madrid for like 215 which is crazy. And I think it was for like summertime travel. Typically travel to Europe in the summer is exorbitant. Um, I tend to avoid traveling to Europe in the summer just because the prices are so high, but I was surprised to see how cheap that was. That's a pretty good deal. I don't remember the airline. I thought it might've been the Spanish national airline, Iberia. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and look. I should have that information right here, but it's not in my notes, but yeah, on Iberia, which is a pretty decent airline. I've flown Iberia from Chicago to Madrid and Madrid to, to Malaga, Spain. But anyway, air, airfare spot, secret flying, really, really good deals that come through there. And especially right now, gas is oil isn't so expensive. Um, so and, and I just think that airlines are just being a lot more competitive, too. So we're in a place where where prices low fare airfare deals to a lot of these places that we want to go are coming at, at really good prices like that's it was 214 i had that in my notes that's that's an amazing deal from new york to to uh spain now so the next thing that somebody might say well i don't live in new york that's not going to matter so okay <laughs> that's that's a fair question but i'm going to tell you how it does matter so find a way, and I've done this, my wife and I have done that actually recently, where we found a fabulous airfare price 
to a uh, to a place that we want to go, but it only the flight originates uh, in a city that isn't our hometown. So you just have to find a way to get to that hometown. I'm sorry, that's a hometown. You just have to find a way to get to that that originating city. And a lot of times, you can do that very inexpensively, and it'll be worth your while. So let's say, so let me explain it this way. So a ticket to Madrid from New York is typically gonna be seven, eight hundred bucks round trip. So this one is two fourteen. So if you find a cheap flight, bus, train, whatever, to get to New York. Let's say for $200, which isn't an uncommon airfare from Atlanta to New York. If you find a deal like that, so you add that $200 you spent for the airfare to get to New York, plus the $214, you're sitting at $400, which is still substantially cheaper than you would have normally spent on a ticket to Spain. You're still saving a lot of money. It's still really cheap to do that. Again, Think about what I'm saying. Process all of this. I'm throwing a lot of information at you, I realize. But these are these tools that we can use that will make travel a lot, a lot, uh, a lot more accessible. Uh, Another thing to think about with we're talking about airfare, trying to secure low fare, um, low fares with airlines is that you find better deals that flights that leave really early or flights that leave really late. So being flexible in general is also sort of a good rule of thumb if you're trying to sniff out the cheapest airfare to a place. You know, leaving, you know, on a Friday morning or Sunday morning uh, at high demand at peak times, it's going to be difficult to secure a good deal then. Um, So just be flexible with the times that you go. I know that a deal that I found that I'm still like the most proud about. I found tickets for myself, my father and my two brothers to go to Chicago from Atlanta to Chicago round trip. It was maybe $400 for all of us. I don't know if I included luggage or not. It was on United, but it was unbelievably cheap. And it was, like I said, about $430, I think, for all of us. Now, the thing is, is that we had to leave Atlanta very, very late. We didn't get to Chicago to very, very late. And then when we left Chicago, we had to leave Chicago very, very early. But we were willing to do so. We were, we, we didn't have any reason not to take advantage of, of this deal. Uh, there wasn't a reason to not be flexible in that situation. So that's another thing to think about when you are trying to get a really good deal on on these flights. Now, another thing that I want to add to this topic as well is, you know, you got to get you some friends that like to have adventure. Find some like-minded people. It's going to be a lot more difficult for you to be able to have the kind of travel that you might want or to have the kind of adventure that you might want if your crew doesn't like to do it. You might have to find some new crew. I mean, I've I've been there because I've had people that couldn't care less about travel. And I guess that's okay. You know, (laughs) no one else said I guess. I mean, that's okay. You don't have to like what I like. You don't have to do what I do. And we can still be friends. Although travel is such a 
important part of my life, it might be difficult for me to have a friendship with someone that doesn't (laughs) care about those kind of things. But you need to find people or community of people that are like minded with you in that regard, because you aren't really going to go anywhere. You're not going to feel like you can go anywhere because your friends don't want to go. And that's where the solo and we're going to talk about solo travel. Uh, and other podcasts, but that's where the, that's where you have to really commit to yourself to being a solo traveler, uh, because it's, it's more often than not, than people in our circle either don't want to go or they can't go on a trip and you want to go, right. And you, you want to go and have these experiences. Well, you got to be willing enough to do it on your own, which is a very daunting thing for a lot of people, but we're going to talk about that in a, in a future podcast, but you got to get you some friends, find you some friends that like to do the same thing. Join these groups. There's a lot of groups out there where people are networking and meeting one another. And in some cases, even getting married from these online groups. I belong to no madness, uh, travel tribe, um, and one called the black travel movement. Um, Black Travel Movement, I think, has like 300,000 people in it. No Madness has has less. And you actually have to kind of qualify to get into No Madness. No Madness seems to probably be the most sort of organized of between the two. But they're, they're, they have these trips that they plan. They're always planning some sort of trip. Um, and, and people are, are signing up to go on these trips by themselves and they go and they meet people and you know network and find people that like to do the things that they want so i i if you're if you're a person that's facing a dilemma where he's like i don't have anybody to travel with i don't want to travel by myself i'd like you to consider traveling solo that's another separate conversation but also there are these groups and they're more than just no madness and black travel movement there are a whole host of groups out there where people are looking for travel partners looking for companions to go to places. So uh, that that is also another way to make travel happen for you, sort of outside of the sort of the economics of travel. Um, this is sort of more of travel as a practical matter. Find you some friends or find you a community of people that like to go. Don't waste your time trying to convince. Let me try to convince them. That's what the podcast is for. But don't waste your time trying to convince people or force people to go because not everybody and I have to admit this, not everybody is sort of set up for or they're not in a space where they're set up to to go and travel and have these adventures and um, to do the kind of things that we're talking about. So the next topic I want to discuss and this is a kind of a political, a geopolitical conversation. We're talking about uh, Cuba and we're talking about uh, El Presidente Trump. So he recently rolled back a lot of the Obama decisions with regard to travel in Cuba. So the question is, did the Trump administration mess up my Cuba plans? And I know there might be people out there wondering uh, what the fate of their trip to Cuba might look like, uh, particularly people that haven't booked it yet. And the answer to the question is yes and no. So let's so so let me explain like why we even have it in the first place. I don't think some people understand like why we have 
what we the, the the issue with Cuba in the first place. So let's go back to the 1950s, and this was a time where the United States felt like, and I shouldn't say it that way. Cuba was aligning with Soviet Union. So Soviet Union was like public enemy number one. We didn't mess with with Russia. We were at odds with Russia. We were worried about what Russia was, was trying to do and what they were trying to promote. And um, we weren't down with it. So what we ended up doing is we banned sort of economic, put an embargo, let's call it an embargo. So we banned exports to Cuba. We were going to try to get to Cuba by withdrawing um, any sort of economic activity with them. Just because, you know, they were dealing with countries that were our enemies, like Russia. um, People that sort of have like socialist, communist regimes. Um, so we also banned travel to Cuba because up until that point, people were going to Cuba all the time. Go to YouTube and like Google the Copacabana. Like it was popping. So there were like all kind of fabulous American celebrities that would go over to Cuba and, and go to the Copacabana. The Copacabana, I still, is it, is it called the Copacabana? I think that's the name of the club, but it's this famous, famous club. It's still open in Cuba. People can still visit it. But yeah, you would go and see all these famous American celebrities and actresses and high profile folks that would just go go down. It was like this play playground for the American elites in Cuba. And that all came to an end with this embargo. And this embargo went on for a long time. I mean, there were very, very strict rules about who could go to Cuba <clears throat> What kind of activity, um, what kind of activities were permitted for American folks when they even went down there? Like, I don't think you could use your ATM card. I don't think that actually changed until Obama's, um, what he did with these regulations. But anyway, anyway, so we couldn't go to Cuba. It was, very, or it was very difficult for us to go to Cuba. So Obama comes along and he normalizes diplomatic relations, reopening embassies, giving banks access to Cuba's economy, that type of thing. Um, created categories for people to go. Really kind of this, this people-to-people category is the one that Trump is recently eliminating. So it's preventing like cruises to be able to go there. Um... Yeah, I think air, airlines are still able to go to Cuba. You can still visit Cuba, but you don't have this category to justify your reason for going to Cuba, which is sort of the people to people category. So anywho, so Obama comes along and he does all these things to normalize relations. And his stance is pretty much like this embargo thing isn't working. Um, a lot of the reason, like I said before, a lot of the reason that we were enforcing these embargoes that we didn't we thought there were a lot of human rights abuses that the Cuban government was doing to its people and Obama's like look this embargo isn't working because the same things are still happening there like it's just not it might be a little overbroad we might be doing too much we don't have to do all of this there could be a different way to address sort of the, the diplomatic relationship between the countries. So he had a whole different take on it. Um, and Trump has reversed a lot of, of what 
Obama put forth. So the bottom line is, uh, I think there's like a 90 day waiver. So if you had a trip booked, you know, I think it all went into effect on June the 5th. So if you had a trip booked prior, there's, there's like a 90 day, uh, waiver. You can still travel under the people to people category. And even, even, and, and one thing to note, like a lot of the, if you are traveling to Cuba under one of the other categories, you will be audited. They're going to want to know like what you did. Um, there's going to be some scrutiny about your travel and under Obama, there wasn't any auditing. So he interpreted the, the, a lot of the regulations relating to, cause the embargo essentially was still in place with Obama, but he interpreted a lot of the, the regulations a lot more broadly. So those are some of the key differences between what was going on prior to Obama and what's actually happening now. So no, so the bottom line is like cruises won't be able to go there anymore and there's no more people to people category. There, there are other categories um, that you're able to travel under, but those are going to be scrutinized. So it's, it's going to be, so to answer the question, it's going to be a little more difficult um, to travel to Cuba as a tourist. So they're sort of tightening uh, the law on, on tightening things with, relate, with regard to us traveling to Cuba. People always ask me, Brian, what are your what are your favorite places? What are some of the favorite places that you've been? And and I have a top five. I don't know if everybody has a top five because I think it can be kind of difficult to narrow down, especially for folks that have traveled a good bit, to narrow down your favorite places that you've been to a top five. Uh, but for me, I've done a, a fair share of writing and sort of curating images and doing a lot of analysis in my brain about the various places that I've been. So I've, I've got it kind of tucked away. But at any rate, I'm going to close this podcast with uh, my top five and just maybe give sort of like a brief uh, thought about each city and try to explain why it's in that top five. Now, the other thing about the top five is that it's constantly changing. The top five is not always going to stay the top five because you're constantly going to new places and having these new experiences. So the, the top five, this is my top five as of July 2019. All right. So my number five, number five, number five is New York. Uh, New York has always been on my top five it's taken a bit of a tumble over the couple of years it used to be toward the top of the top five uh, but now I got it at number five and what I will say about New York is uh, when we're talking about energy there's no place I've been that that feels like New York there's no place in the world where I feel quite as alive it is a, a sensory experience I feel like all my sensory senses excuse me are alert and are operating at full capacity because there is so much going on in such a small space um, now for some people that, that that's maybe not your type of thing but I I do I I, I do enjoy it um, I, I really 
love that feeling. Um, and, and New York is just, again, it's, it's always going to be a world-class place. It's got the best restaurants. There's, there's always something going on, always something to get into. Um, and, and that's why I got New York in my top five. Number four, New Orleans. New Orleans has made an appearance in the recent couple of years because I've started going to New Orleans uh, more frequently in the past couple of years. And, and what I'll say about New York, sorry, not New York, New Orleans. What I will say about New Orleans is that New Orleans and Rio, Rio is going to make an appearance on this list too. But but Rio and New Orleans have this sort of magic um, that's the best way that I could describe it. The culture, when we're talking about the food, the music, the, 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 the people, the kind of traditions and pageantries that go on uh, within the city culture are simply magical. And, and, and they're rooted in, which, which I take uh, a lot of pride and and something that's very that that warms warms my heart is the fact that a lot of this is rooted in a, a deep African influence. So you know a lot of what you're seeing culturized in these places come from the contributions that African people uh when you know as a you know I'm an Afro descendant um you know they brought we were brought over here involuntarily um as we all know and we've we've left such an indelible mark on American culture, helped shape American culture uh, in spite of being enslaved and oppressed and all that. But again, New Orleans, you, you can feel uh, something magical about that culture. And, and New Orleans always feels good. It's always a good time. It's 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 a raucous party. And. There's no place like New Orleans. Number three, Rio. Rio, like I, I kind of foreshadowed that Rio would be on the list, but I did get to spend a good bit of time in Rio. Ooh, it's been it's been 13 years. It's been a while, uh, but but Rio is a place that you leave and you're not quite the same rio gets inside of you rio rio is 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 love rio to me is amazing food rio to me is rio is sexy it, it's hot people wear a lot less clothes people are good looking it's a it's a sexy place Rio is what else can I say about Rio? Rio is physically beautiful. Um, I think one thing that I didn't realize about Rio is that it is a major metropolis. Um, it's not sort of like this tropical island type of situation, but it's a major metropolis. It's kind of this major metropolis meets the sea. So it, it's it is it does feel like beachy and tropical without it being a tropical island. <laughs> Uh, and it's 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 a major world city. Number two, Cape Town. 
uh, had had life trip of a lifetime. I have to say Cape Town trip of a lifetime. It almost took a lifetime to get there. Uh, it was a sort of a, a 18 hour journey for us to get there. We went to Cape Town for our honeymoon. Um, we knew that this is where we wanted to go. In fact, one of our first my wife and I, one of our first conversations that we had was about going to South Africa and how we both wanted to go to South Africa. So that's where we went for our honeymoon. Uh, Cape Town. What I'll say about Cape Town is it is, out of all the places that I've been, it is the most beautiful place that I've ever seen physically. The, 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 the mountains, the beach, um, the actual sort of look and feel of the city. Now, it is, it is a big city, um, but there, there's, it doesn't feel cold and soulless like a lot of big cities often do. But there were moments when we were in Cape Town, particularly this one moment in Camps Bay where my wife and I looked at each other with our mouths agape. We were just registering the, the, the natural beauty of the place, the, the, again, the mountains, the, the beaches, uh, the, 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 the beauty all around the city. It's, it's something to see. It's something to see. And I hope that in my life we get another chance to go back to Cape Town. And number one, Tokyo. Tokyo, to me, is an urban playground. We were there for almost two weeks, and I feel like we only really scratched the surface. There was so much to do. There was so much to take in in Tokyo, so much to to occupy your time, so much to explore. Uh, There's... Something about the culture there that people are have a an insatiable desire to have new experiences and um, to be stimulated in 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 a way. I mean, they have these sort of weird theme restaurants. They have uh, all kind of cool futuristic art exhibits Um, and and again I'm going to talk more in depth about my experiences in these cities and and, and muse about what what I feel um, about Tokyo and Cape Town and Rio New Orleans New York and a whole host of other places but Tokyo really was mind-blowing a mind-blowing experience for me I'm still blown away by the efficiency there how a city that's that big that's so efficient and clean and organized and orderly is is something I had never seen before that rounds out my top five uh these were just kind of thoughts that I had about them and I hope it didn't sound too convoluted, but these are the thoughts that I had about this, these these cities right off of my brain. But as we wrap up this very first podcast, again, thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, I got some more podcasts coming down the pipeline and we'll have you'll start to see that the podcast will have a bit more structure. But I wanted this podcast to be the type of podcast where I'm introducing myself to you, uh, for people that know me, uh, sort of reintroducing myself to you as a podcast host. And then for folks that don't know me, um, this is, you know, your first time hearing my voice and hearing a little bit about what I have to say 
with regard to travel and what I plan to do with this podcast. But again, thank you so much. I, I, I just it's an honor and it feels really good to have a podcast. So I want to also end this off with with saying something encouraging to folks. I want people, whatever it is that you're going through, because we're all going through something. I want you to claim victory over this 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 thing that you feel like is eating away at you this thing that's bothering you that's thing that's causing you a lot of comfort and and inconvenience but i i implore that you take whatever you're doing one day at a time i say i i tell you i want you to make sure that you make time for self-care and self-reflection because really, those are the only tools that we have to get through these difficult spaces. So if there's somebody out there that's going through something and I, I pray for, for you to find the way to, to get through whatever that situation is. But really, think about a lot of the things that I said today, because uh, those are some things that have helped me get through many a difficult situation. But I'm gonna go ahead and sign out, y'all. Have a great day. This is B Hoop. Bye.